0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com welcome to another episode of awaken your inner awesomeness i am so delighted you're with me today we have a very special guest with us today we have with us miss trisha roos she is the author of the book when wishes change and she goes around speaking publicly trying to help people who have gone through a dark experience in their life try to find the light and come out again and so today she's going to share with us her story of losing a child and how she used that tragedy to actually turn around and help others and help herself so I cannot wait today to really get in and start talking to her about her book and about her experiences in life
1: do you believe in dreams do you believe that dreams can actually come true I'm Luana Bossetti, your host, and in this podcast, The Life Up To Your Dreams, you will hear inspiring stories of people who had dreams and they made them come true. You will hear their struggles as well as their successes, along with some inspirational resources and powerful messages. If you're ready to make a change in your life, but you need a little of inspiration, This podcast is for you. If you're scared to get out of your comfort zone, but you know there is something else in store for you out there, this podcast is also for you. If you're committed to have the best life here on this earth, a life on your own terms, a life where you can feel fulfilled, a life up to your dreams, this podcast is for you. Welcome to a life up to your dreams podcast.
0: All right, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. And Trisha, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Now, before we talk about your book, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about your story, because this was kind of the inspiration for your book and for everything that you've done so far. So if you don't mind going back and just sort of telling our audience members your story and what happened that led you to writing this book and trying to help others? Sure. So let's
2: see. Um, My husband and I uh, met in college, got married shortly after college, and we started our careers. And just like a lot of people in their young 20s, you know, had a friend group and um, we're just building up our careers. And we were young and married. And so around uh, 2011, 10, we were like, okay, I think we're ready to start settling down and having a family and having children. And so I had Cameron, my oldest in 2011, and I was relatively young. We were the first in our friend group to have a child and it went really well. Um, There was, you know, nothing crazy about the pregnancy. And um, so that's just kind of how I thought it went. You just get pregnant, have a baby and start your family. Well, about three and a half years later, my son was you know, getting to the point where he started noticing that a lot of friends were getting siblings. And he declared that he wanted himself a lady baby. Uh, He couldn't say the word girl. So he said lady, and he wanted a baby sister. And so my husband and I started talking about it. And um, I was pregnant a few months later. And again, everything was, you know, going pretty simply, Um, I was already telling everyone I was pregnant. And we were really excited to find out the gender of the baby. And so um, there was a blood test at the doctor's office that they offered me to find out gender and I agreed to do it. And about 10 days after the test, my doctor called me and said that we were having a lady baby. However, uh, she tested positive for trisomy 18. And so for those that are unfamiliar with that, um, trisomy 21 is what Down syndrome is actually called. And so trisomy 18 is similar, uh, like down syndrome, but usually comes with much more severe heart and brain defects. And so we found out about our little girl that she only had a two chamber heart instead of having four chambers. And so, you know, the odds were stacked against her for survival. And, you know, we were getting all of this news really suddenly. Everything was fine one day and the next day we were finding out, you know, this diagnosis. And we were basically told that she had a zero chance survival to make it full term and that it would likely conclude in a stillbirth. And the specialist that we went to recommended an abortion. And again, like all these emotions and all of this, my whole world was coming crashing down. And um, in the midst of that, I was a high school volleyball coach, had been for years and how to run run a really successful program. And we were starting our season. And so I found out this news about um, two weeks before the season started. And so I decided I I really had to tell everybody what was going on, um, because I didn't know if I would make it through the whole season with them. And we decided to continue with the pregnancy. But, um, you know, again, she could die at any moment. But I felt really strongly that I wanted to do everything I could to just fight for her life and her. And whatever happened, you know, we would deal with that situation at the time, whether she made it full time or not, full term. And so um, the next few months was really this amazing time in my life. Because although I was going through this tremendous tragedy, um, these high school girls just rallied around us and dedicated the season to our daughter, Annabelle. And for just making it a good experience to me and my family, because we were going through such a hard time. And out of that, um, we won the state championship. And so these girls like working for something bigger than themselves and being selfless, had this amazing, awesome season that no one would have expected and they did it for her. And I really believe that when you, you know, put your focus in something bigger than yourself, like amazing things can come out of that. And so by the end of the season, we went state, I'm still pregnant. She's still alive inside of me. And I was going into my third trimester um, towards the middle of it already. And we got through December and she was still alive. And we were able to have a C-section when she was full term. And again, no one expected her to live more than a minute or two. Um, They didn't think that she'd be able to breathe on her own. And I said, okay, I'll be ready for whatever, but I really believe in miracles and I will do everything I can to just give her comfort. And so when we had the C-section, there was no breathing for about four minutes and the whole room was just on edge um, because she was actually the, the first live trisomy 18 birth at the hospital that we gave birth in that any of these doctors or nurses had witnessed. And after about four minutes, she started breathing. On her own. And as soon as I got her to my chest, she like regulated her body temperature and her breathing and was really calm. And we got to spend six days with her again, literally, we're not promised even a minute of life with her. And it was so awesome. Like it was so cool to have to get to introduce her to my family and to get to hold her and to be with her and just to love her and be chosen as her mom. And I think that um, so many of us with the pandemic and with job changes and financial changes and um, I mean, a lot of us have known somebody that died from COVID. I do, my cousin, um, or somebody that's been really sick. And I ended up writing a book about my experience um, and it's called One Wishes Change. And the reason I titled it that because I believe the story is more than my story. It's your story. It's everybody's story about how When something we wish for or thought was going to be something doesn't happen and it isn't going your way, um, how do you turn that situation and flip it on its head? And even though it may be sad or tragic or change you didn't want, how do you see opportunity in that situation and growth and find happiness and joy again? Um, Because I wondered some days if I would ever be happy again, you know, after going through all of this. And it's been seven years and I can say yes, like I have chosen to be grateful and to have gratitude and to celebrate her life instead of just seeing it as something terrible and dark and finding that love and joy and peace in my life to bring um, hope to others. And so I really made sure in the book as I was writing it over a pandemic that it was really relatable um, that there is vulnerability honesty, um, anger, frustration with what we're going through. But then I was every day waking up to find the good that I could find out of it to share with others. Um, So it's been quite a journey. And I think a lot of times, like if you've ever gone through something that's hard, you find peace also in like helping someone else, maybe that comes to you and is like, hey, I know you went through this. Could you tell me maybe what to expect? Or what your experience was in the same situation. And so I found that it's really um, healing also to help others that maybe are going through similar situations.
0: I love that. I love that you're taking something that you didn't want to happen, as you said, was a wish that completely changed, but are using it to spread love and healing to other people. And what I especially love is that you're honest and raw about the fact that, yeah, I'm angry that this happened. Yeah, I'm angry that it didn't turn out the way I want, because I think there's so many people out there who think, well, we just have to suck it up and just go on and and not experience those things. And that is so wrong. You have to experience those feelings and you're not gonna feel happiness and joy. You know, the people who experience tragedy and then go around and speak about it didn't just, take a pill and wake up the next day and they were happy and everything was great. And now they're healing others. It's a process and it's a whole grieving process. And part of that process is coming to the realization that my daughter didn't die in vain. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this to help others. And I love when people can pull themselves up out of adversity, you know, out of the ashes and rise up to help other people. And I, I agree with you. I think in doing that, it, there is something healing about that in helping others. But I absolutely love that you are doing that. And so you didn't just write a book. Now, you've kind of started a movement and you're going around speaking. Is that also true?
2: Yeah. So um, when I was working with my editor, she actually introduced me into the speaking world. And, um, and like you said, it's really important to note that this happened seven years ago and and there's no way I could have gone out in public and or on a podcast and felt the way I do now 5 years ago or even 3 years ago. And so this really has been a process of healing and using time and therapy and um and really honestly writing was very therapeutic for me to kind of navigate through some of those feelings. But yeah, I definitely got to the point where I felt like I could reach down and grab on to somebody else and pull them up with me instead of feeling like I was the one reaching up and needing someone to hold my hand and um, I've spoken to a lot of different kinds of audiences a lot of high school students college students um, women's groups but honestly I especially enjoy speaking to high school and college age students because I think there's something to be said that we do encourage our kids to wish and dream as big as they want. So every little boy is gonna say, well, then I'm gonna be in the NBA or president of the United States. Those are like the two things, right? And it's amazing. We should never um, hold them back from having big hopes and dreams. But I feel like we missed out on the opportunity to be like, however, if you don't become an NBA star, Um, there are lots of other options and opportunities. And you can't be sad and disappointed your whole life if you don't get that one wish or that dream. And working in a high school, I worked in a high school for over 20 years. I watched kids, you know, maybe not get into their dream college, that one school they dreamed of since they were little, and fall apart completely and be so devastated. And then they're stuck and they're paralyzed, and they can't look up and be like, okay, I'm upset and I'm angry. However, there are a million colleges out there, and now I'm going to seek the next opportunity that exists. Maybe this wasn't meant to be. That maybe not where God wanted me to be. Whatever. Um, but we're kind of missing the boat on that in how we talk to our kids and to youth. Uh, we just love to tell them to dream big and wish big, and all your wishes and dreams will come true. But we both know that, like, um, I didn't become a Disney princess or a professional, yes, exactly. like, an actress or whatever <laughs> I said I was going to be when I was ten. Um, I had to, you know, go to college and, and get in the real world and, and work and figure out how to pay bills. And um, and and I really enjoy speaking to that audience in particular about allowing your wishes to change and evolve. And. To allow yourself to be sad if you don't get into your dream school or, you know, your boyfriend breaks up with you at 15 years old that you swore you were going to marry, um, but not to be paralyzed in it and, and to find strategies and ways to allow your wishes to change, to find something even bigger and better. Because I can tell you, I would have never wished for uh, my daughter to die. But I did have another child after, and I don't think I would have had her if it wasn't for the one that I lost. And so um, I'm super grateful for that opportunity. And then there's no way that I would be speaking and have written a book if it wasn't for that situation or have been in a position to help others experiencing loss that desperately need it. Mm -hmm. And um, those are never things I wish for ever. Um, but here I am and I'm grateful for that opportunity to find, um, a place within myself to be a resource and a light for other people.
0: You know, I think there are a lot of adults who need that skill too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so many of us, we don't learn the skills we need to cope with tragedies that happen in our lives. Um, being... An adult and being in the real world when things don't go your way, you you know, have a job that you end up in and then you realize this is not where you wanted to be. I think adults need that same advice in how to find the light in the darkness wherever you are, because we all go through dark periods in our lives. We all go through tragedies. They mine may be different than yours, but it's no less painful. It's no less harrowing to get through, but many people out there don't have the tools they need to help them do exactly what you did, which is to see the positive in the situation, to try to look for a ways that this was not just a painful situation, but rather you took it and you turned it into something meaningful, which I think is wonderful because it honors your daughter's memory and it's also helping other people to heal and so we really need to be able to get to a place where more of us can do that where we don't get stuck in that what was me victim mentality all of the time you know of course that's our human response to want to go there and say why me this isn't fair but we have to be able to move beyond that move through that grief process so that we can get to the other side of it and see that that one thing doesn't define who you are. You know, your one pregnancy that didn't really come to, well, kind full term, but your daughter who was only around for six days, that doesn't define you. It's just added to your experience and you found a way to take that and help others and, and allow it to make you better or your experience better and for you to learn from it. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because they don't ever get to that other side. you know. So we need people like you who are going around and speaking. And I love that it's with young people because I'm a high school teacher too, but um, adults need that too. We need that just as much. Someone there reminding us that, hey, just because you didn't marry Prince Charming and you're not living in your $6 million home, like it's okay. You can still work mm-hmm. through life. There can still be beautiful things. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're doing that.
2: Yeah, you're right. It is very applicable to adults because how many times I can count that I've been with other adults and <clears throat> they hate their job or something terrible happens, but then like a year later, they still hate their job and they're still like wallowing in it. And um, and that piece, I think, especially with COVID, it's really relatable I actually was an administrator at a a high school and head volleyball coach. And as I'm writing this book and I come up with this title, "When Wishes Change," the place I thought I would be at forever, like work there forever, it just got uncomfortable. Um, I was not happy anymore. I was finding myself depressed about going to work or not wanting to go to work. And um, I was put in a department with a boss that was like a super narcissist and was really mean and I was having panic attacks and and then all of a sudden I looked up and I'm like um my book title is speaking to me again you know because I don't have to be in a miserable situation I can find other opportunities for work that are fulfilling and that I can love and and that's really what sparked me um and my interest for public speaking and for um you know, more riding opportunities. And then I'm also working at a volleyball club and coaching coaches and doing lessons and still working with young girls to give them confidence specifically in the game of volleyball because yes. that's what I coached my whole life. And then now I'm doing educational consulting. And so I always say I traded one job for four, but I'm not having panic attacks and I'm not sad and I'm not depressed in my job. But I could have easily just sat there and not said a word and lived in that probably the rest of my life and been counting down the days to retirement. But there are a lot of jobs out there and you can find your strengths in different ways that can have impact. And I'm a person that wants to see purpose in what I do. And so in my head forever, I was like, well, the only way I can find purpose is in what I'm doing right now. And when I opened up to my wishes changing, I was like, no, there are other ways. It just looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my own book title kind of smacked me in the (laughs) face a year ago and I was like, okay, fine, I get it. Um, Here I am again needing my wishes to change. But it's important to note that it's uncomfortable. It's a weird feeling when things start changing that are not maybe what you expected but you have to get through that uncomfort and some of those emotions um, to get through it and get on the other side. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I know exactly what you mean because I have some of my listeners sometimes reach out and send me messages and they're like, well, you say, you said this. I'm like, are you throwing my own words back at me? But it happens all the time. People will do that. I was like, okay, here, here come my own words back to haunt me. But You're so true in that when we push ourselves, sometimes we have to get outside that comfort zone and that is uncomfortable to be there, but it is necessary because I always say nothing really exciting happens from our comfort zone. So I'm always trying to push myself and step outside that box just a little bit to see what I'm capable of because otherwise I would just. stuck here and stay the same all the time and that's no fun.
2: No, not fun at all.
0: No. (laughs) Well I love that. And I love that again you decided to do what you love doing, you know, coaching. And I always feel like there are natural qualities in people that really make excellent coaches and that you still get to work with the kids that you loved working with all of the time, because that's why we get into education right we don't get into education, because we love writing curriculum. Or we love grading papers we love connecting to those kiddos so it's great that you still get to do that with your coaching and now the speaking too. that's awesome because I can tell that you have a true passion for wanting to help others and your story is one that is definitely not easy to tell i can only imagine the amount of grief you probably still feel sometimes for everything that happened and that's very interesting too because you know a lot of people might have just said well we're just going to abort this pregnancy because we don't want to have to deal with any of the the risk that might happen and we don't want to have to deal with that grief later on and you chose just to go ahead it was like almost like you felt some sense of purpose in trying to be there as much for your daughter as possible. And I just think that takes such a great strength and courage to, to be willing to, to go through with the pregnancy, knowing what could happen in the end. So how do you, I mean, I don't know how you even make a decision like that. That must've been very tough for you.
2: Well, one thing that kind of struck me was um, when you're a coach, right? I'm always gonna tell my athletes, I don't care if we're up against the number one team in the state and they're better than us, right? The point is you work your hardest, you try your best, and you just put it all out there and you can walk away from that experience. You may be sad if you lose, but you're like, but I gave it everything I had and I tried my best. And then if you win, like, woohoo, we won. That was amazing. Like we worked our best and we won. And so for me personally, I felt like it was my job to walk the talk and say, hey, this may end in her passing away. And there may be a lot of heartache and pain down the road for me and my family. But we're just going to do everything we can and fight for her. So that at the end of the day, we feel like we did exactly what we could do. And, you know, I have talked to people who've had abortions and those who haven't. And And I think that I am definitely a person that I think if I would have made that choice, there would be the what if my entire life. Like, what if I could have met her alive? What if I could have held her? What if she would have survived or lived longer or whatever um, the million scenarios would be? But I did get to meet her and hold her and smell her and love her and um, see her interaction with my son and my parents and, and, and my son, to this day, I mean, he's 10 now, so he was three and a half at the time, and he is such an amazing human being, a compassionate young man, especially, um, you know, he doesn't have a ton of interaction with kids with special needs, but, you know, we were at a doctor's office not that long ago, and he was like, look, mommy, is that little boy like Annabelle would be, and I'm like, yes, and so he's waving with him, and he's playing with him, and I just think about his, personal journey. And I'm like, I believe that, yeah, it was hard. It was tragic. It was sad what he went through. But I believe that it'll make him a stronger person the rest of his life. And then I'm just thinking, wow, how could this impact his career or his calling? Because he did go through something like this. I really don't believe it impacted him negatively in any way, because I know that when the pandemic hit, he was scared of people dying and it, you know, hurt his little heart to see that there was something sad going on in the world. And then his other friends are like oblivious. They're just like do to do whatever COVID. <Yeah. laughs> um, and, and I think that um, it's also important for kids to understand loss. I mean, they're going to lose someone in their life. You cannot shelter them from that. And whether it's a grandpa or a friend in high school, you know, that dies suddenly, or something's going to happen. That's not fun. Tragedy is going to hit. And we have to teach them how to deal with it in a healthy way with their emotions. And you, I mean, again, back to kids these days, I don't know if they're, I think maybe sometimes they're a little too sheltered, and then something happens, and they fall apart, and they can't, get themselves back together because they've never been taught how to deal with loss in a healthy way. So that's just kind of another little add, but I think that with us making that decision, it obviously impacted our family and our son, but I think it all was, it was good things. It was good things that we all learned.
0: Yeah. And you probably also impacted the physicians too, who were there helping you along the journey. And as you said that they said they have never witnessed a live birth with a child who was born with this condition. So that's another thing too. And, you know, it's, it's going through situations like this, too, that also help physicians say, well, how can we maybe help babies in the future? How can we help with these pregnancies? So so it's, it's a learning experience for everyone, not just you and your family, you don't even realize The people Mm -hmm. that those kinds of things impact, you know, but I think you're right, I think it definitely helped your son because. uh, That's such a profound thing you know that he got to see his little sister got to experience that and got to know that connection and that you helped him through everything, what was going on and and giving him those coping skills, because you're right, everything that's going on right now with the pandemic, we're just seeing kids having no ability to cope. And I think they were talking the other day that suicide rates are up in teenagers and that's scary in and of itself. That's a very scary Mm -hmm. thing. And I think we have to be better as a whole society about helping kids and, and helping them understand that tragedies will happen, like we can't avoid it. That's just a part of life. You're always going to face challenges, but it's how you react to those challenges. And, and I love that you have given your son already, those skills that will help him. And you're right, this may influence what he wants to do when he grows up, you know, he may decide he wants to, to help children with special needs or, you know, become a doctor, whatever. It's amazing. Uh, I think kids are amazing. They're very resilient. and We don't give them enough credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such a great story. And if anyone is out there listening, and because I know we have people out there listening who have lost children, and not even just losing children, any loss in your life can be something that sets you into a tailspin, not really knowing how do I get over this? How do I move on? So your book is really, I think for anyone who's ever experienced any kind of loss in their life, if anyone's out there listening and they would like to buy your book, or maybe they just want to follow you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: So my book is on Amazon and pretty much anywhere you can buy books. It's called When Wishes Change. And then I also have a website, whenwisheschange.com. And something kind of unique about that is that while I was pregnant, um, this whole story was documented and made into a documentary like literally two weeks after diagnosis through her passing and months after um, and it's really awesome and then also there's like short clips from it on my website under my author page and and then my son um, there's a little video of him singing to her um, actually the day before she died and that went super viral on YouTube and. It's the sweetest little thing. He's just holding her, singing to her, and so those are all on my website. Just backstory because it is true and it's documented, which makes. And books are real. I can Google and find out real facts about what was really going on. Um, and then on social media, um, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find me at When Wishes Change and you know my whole purpose in social media is like inspiration and hope and just you know sometimes when we're scrolling on social media it almost like makes you in a worse mood there's either the FOMO or like everybody's lives are better than mine or whatever and uh, I just try to bring happiness and hope with my posts so it's a good account to follow if you're just needing that um, in your daily life but That's where I'm at. And then also on my speaker page, there's information about contacting me for different speaking engagements.
0: Awesome. And definitely I would recommend following her on social media because for sure, we talk about needing to clean up our social media because what we see affects us and it affects your mood and how you're feeling throughout the day. So surround yourself with more positive people. I always highly suggest that. It really makes a big difference. I want to thank you so much for being here and being courageous and sharing your story and for all the work that you're doing, because it is so needed and so amazing that you're doing that. Um, one of the things I always like to ask our guests to do is to leave our listeners with a little piece of advice that they could take with them through the day. So if you had just a little nugget of wisdom that you could share with us today, what would that be?
2: I would say to take a moment and consider how you can let a wish change. And maybe something you've just been really stubborn about or you're not allowing it to change or you're dealing with something that you just think that you have to put up with um, because you don't see a way out. Um, You know, Think about something in your life that could change and how you could change it because I guarantee if you're unhappy or if something's not going well, there is a different way. And, you know, we're only here for a lifetime, right? So you don't deserve to be unhappy or um, sad, depressed with whatever's going on in your life. So just allow your wishes to change.
0: I love that. And I, again, am so grateful that you came here today to share your story. Thank you so much. I wish you so much success in the future.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. As always, please leave me some stars on iTunes and recommending this podcast to anyone you think might enjoy it is the greatest compliment you can pay me. If you want to work with me, you can follow me on social media. You can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. I hope that you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.